Paint your face, shake the ropes, and tag all the HGH you can fit into one vein, because the smack is back, Jack, with more new material for you wonderful, sexy people to get your debauched teeth into. I am, of course, the Maniac Matt Tennant, back with a review of a little-known release, the Coliseum home video, aptly named, and originally titled, I should say, The Ultimate Warrior. How the fuck they ever came up with that, I will never know. But before we get started, you know how this goes. And my voice is going already. This is a brilliant start, isn't it? <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at BruiserMate. You can follow the show on Twitter at UnionSmack, where you'll find our link tree in our bio for all the links to everywhere you can find us around the podcasting world. Go to unionsmack.bigcartel.com for all your Hibiki TMD merchandise needs. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Rocky Buyer, where you can celebrate five years of the UnionSmack podcast by purchasing our, our new logo shirt and our UnionSmack Revisited shirt, all designed by Rocky. He is an absolute genius. And of course, Lulu.com, where you can pick up copies of my book, The Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley, and of course, NXT UK year one now if you've been keeping an eye on our twitter feed this week then you will know that travis is going to be away for a few weeks um he was meant to be here this week this was meant to be the superstar series on the model rick martell but we're going to have to push that back a little bit we're probably going to have to push question time back a little bit two uh travis had a little emergency this week he had to go in for some emergency dental care so travis i know you're listening get well soon my friend and then in a few weeks time travis is off to get married he's going to be a married man and then he'll be on his honeymoon so travis isn't going to be with us for a little while which means you've got yours truly you lucky lucky people but it means that things are going to get pushed back. Like I say, the Superstar series, that's not going to continue now until mid-November, I think. Travis will be back by the end of November. So when he comes back, that will continue. And we're going to roll question time over if we cannot get it done for you before Travis ties the knot. So I'm going to be here. Uh, I've I not got a plan yet. Because I'm, I, you know, I've just, I've been ridiculously busy as well with work, etc. But fear not, there'll be more retro reviews. In a few weeks' time, I'm going to bring you the Union Smack shorts that I promised, what, at the beginning of this year? I've done a few of them, like I said, with work and life and, and everything. I haven't, I haven't been able to do a lot of them. But we'll, we'll troll them here on the channel. And if you like them, then maybe there'll be more. You know, you know where to to get hold of us. The comments have been flooding in. The questions for question time have been flooding in. And of course, you can message myself or Travis, or the you know go to the podcast page at Union Smack, and just let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, etc. So that's all to come. Um, if I sound and I probably do, a little bit uh, gruff, then I've literally got in from work 38 minutes ago, 
um, had my dinner, and God, I am I'm I, I wanted to give you good people something other than archive footage. So when I knew Travis wasn't going to be able to make it this week, I, I got up this morning. And between getting up and having to leave for work, I have about three hours. I could get up sooner, but who the fuck wants to get out of bed at eight in the morning? So I get up um, and I search the network for something quick. I had no plan. I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to give you something other than archive footage because you've been fucking brilliant to us over the past year. You know, you've made this podcast a huge smash on Podbean. We are, we have surpassed 11,000 all-time downloads now in 10 months. That is absolutely amazing. We've charted on the uh, Apple Podcast charts for the first time this year. That is fantastic. You know, more than we could have hoped and, and dreamed for. So I wanted to give you something more than a, an archive episode because I'm aware before people put it in the comments that the the audio on the archive stuff isn't great. And that's obviously because it's from years ago and, you know, we were still learning and we didn't have proper equipment, etc. And we still don't have proper equipment now. We, we, we usually record this over Skype. Um, only I, I record it and edit it. So it sounds better now than it did. So I wanted to find something quick because I only, I, you know, I had like, three hours and I didn't want to sit through a whole pay-per-view and I knew I had to record it when I got home after work. Um, so, and I found this, this little gem. It is a WWF Coliseum home video release. And it's, it's like their own, their own version of our superstar series. They're an hour long. They profile a time in a wrestler's career. I I know they did one on Hulk Hogan. I think they did one on Roddy Piper also, possibly the Macho Man Randy Savage. But this one is of the Ultimate Warrior, and it was released in 1992. So you'd think that the majority of the stuff on this release is from 1992, but you'd be wrong. This was released in spring 1992, meaning that they only had four months of material from when the ultimate warrior returned at WrestleMania eight and between this getting released, there is a lot of stuff from 1992 on here, but this honestly, the first match on here is two years before and you just wait. So the ultimate warrior 1992 Coliseum home video Release And this begins with a cold open of the Warrior returning at WrestleMania 8 after being away from the WWF since SummerSlam 1991. And if you've got a long memory, or like myself and Travis, you're just tenured with this stuff and grew up with it, then the Warrior teamed with Hulk Hogan to face the Triangle of Terror being... Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and Colonel Mustafa. That was hideous. Don't do not go back and watch that, whatever you do. Now, there is a little history note here, because before the SummerSlam main event, the Ultimate Warrior, as the story goes, there are several versions of this. 
But the one I've always heard and has been repeated most frequently is that the Warrior had held up Vince McMahon for a lot of money. We are talking half a million, if not more. Threatened not to perform unless he was paid. Vince McMahon, of course, had to pay him it. He had advertised the Ultimate Warrior as being in the SummerSlam main event. Didn't want to let the fans down. Knew the backlash that would come if the Warrior wasn't there and had no choice but to shell out the money. However, Vince did take pleasure in firing the Warrior after the match. Now, that's just one version of the story because if you search on the internet or you ask various historians who will have different versions, then some will say that the Warrior held up Vince for the bigger payday, but the payday that he was holding Vince up for was over WrestleMania 7. And he cited that he was just as big a name as Hulk Hogan. Now, after SummerSlam, this version of the story, remember, goes that Vince McMahon only suspended the Warrior for the threats of not turning up at SummerSlam. And then the Warrior refused the suspension and chose to leave. However, the twist in the tale in this version is that Vince refused the letter of resignation because the Ultimate Warrior was under contract until September 1992. Now, whichever you believe, whichever you you think you know best is right, then either way, the result was the same. The Ultimate Warrior left the WWF after SummerSlam 1991 and did not return until WrestleMania 8 in the main event to save Hulk Hogan from an attack by Papa Shango and Sid Vicious. And of course, if you remember, when he came back, he was a different Ultimate Warrior. He was slimmer. He had soccer mum hair. And there was a lot of speculation at the time that this wasn't actually Jim Helwig, and it was an imposter. People thought that, and bear in mind, there was no Twitter at this time. They, they, Twitter would have, would have had a field day in 1992. But thanks to his reduced size, hence he'd stopped taking the HGH and, and the steroids because of the, you know, the Vince steroid scandal that was, was going around at the time. Many speculated that Jim Helwig had died in 1991. And of course the WWF had got an imposter to play him. Those rumors were quashed when he got in the ring and people looked at him performing and went, Oh yeah, he's still as shit as he always was. Now, the reaction to the Ultimate Warriors' return at WrestleMania 8 was absolutely phenomenal. The fans took the roof off of that stadium. Part of it was because they hadn't seen the Warrior for six to seven months, but you have to believe that part of it was because they'd had to sit through the stinker that was Hogan versus Sid, which was just a disgusting match if you've never seen it. Now, the release then cuts to host Sean Mooney. And I say host, you see him twice during this. But we cut to Sean Mooney. He stood in front of a green screen with the Ultimate Warrior logo on it. And it's very, very standard stuff. So the match that opens this, this, I, I'm not going to call it a classic release. This release, that's the best I can do with it because it's not very good at all is the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6 for the WWF Championship two years prior to this VHS, this Coliseum 
home video hitting the shelves. Now, like I said, this is their WrestleMania 6 match. However, if you're going to watch this on the network, and I, I sincerely, sincerely urge you not to, this is not the match that, that you're going to remember. For a start, the WWF have replaced the commentary from Jesse Ventura with Gorilla Monsoon and Union Smack favourite Lord Alfred Hayes. He says, tongue-in-cheek. And not only is this an odd in inclusion for an Ultimate Warrior release in 1992, but the commentary... Oh, my God. They speak about this match in the past tense for the whole 22-minute duration. Alfred Hayes just talks utter shite throughout. At one point, he says something about the WWF having devices to measure the crowd reactions for both Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. Absolutely depressing. Hayes then calls the test of strength that starts the match a Greco knuckle lock. And it just goes on and on from there. And the commentary, and of course the mix of sound where they've had to remove Jesse Ventura from the, from the footage, it takes away some of the special feeling that the crowd had on that night. And it takes away some of the big match feel of it as well because if you've ever watched hogan and the warrior uh, if you watched it live when wrestlemania 6 went out or if you've watched it on the million compilation dvds that are that are out there right now or if it, even if you've watched it on the the wwe network in the uk and around the world and obviously peacock in the united states then you'll understand just how big it felt but here it just feels like another match on a compilation tape and that's not great not for a match of this magnitude which was arguably one of the ultimate warriors greatest matches he had some greats with rick rude but th this one i think stands up there as arguably one of his greatest because it was the wrestlemania main event and it was the start of his wwf championship reign for hulk hogan however I would state that Randy Savage the year before was arguably his best match in the WWF. Some will, some will go against that. You know, some will say he had classics with, with Ted DiBiase, etc. And he did. He had some great matches with the likes of Ted DiBiase and, you know, people who could actually wrestle. But 90 into 91 and 92, Hulk Hogan wasn't the same performer. He'd lost a lot of weight, obviously, thanks to the, the steroid trial, etc. But this still remains one of Hulk Hogan's shining lights in the WWF. And if you're going to watch it, please watch the original version of this match. Do not watch, do not watch this release. Okay, that's why I'm here. I took a bullet for you good people, so you didn't have to. <clears throat> and I think you'll thank me by the end of this. So, the test of strength starts the match, really gets the crowd into it. Not that you'd know it off of this release, because the sound is all over the place. They exchange crisscrosses, slams to hammer home that they're equal. Hogan collapses outside with an injured knee, that I'm sure in one of his books he probably said that the Ultimate Warrior shattered in 10 places. 
if you've never heard Hulk Hogan's tall story, then they are something to behold. Like, like the time he pressed Andre the Giant above his head. Bullshit. He barely lifted him off the ground. Anyway, Hogan slams, elbow drops, rest holds. And at this point, the commentary becomes absolutely sickening. Alfred Hayes is just literally naming it move for move. And he says, and I quote, Hulk Hogan has administered his greatest blows. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at with this. Gorilla Monsoon does try his best to cover why Hulk Hogan isn't selling the leg anymore. But that just highlights Hogan's inability to remember that he actually had an injury two, three minutes prior. Hogan works over the Ultimate Warrior. They're a double clothesline that puts both men out, but a huge reception for the Warrior when he is up first, fights back with clotheslines, a suplex from the Ultimate Warrior, which we didn't see very often for a near fall, and then the bear hug. You've all seen it, the famous bear hug where the Warrior has Hulk Hogan cinched in. It's, it's been one of the legendary pictures from the history of of the WWF. If you if you used to buy the the WrestleMania programs that that look back on the history, every time you flick to the WrestleMania six page, it would have the Ultimate Warrior with Hulk Hogan in a bear hug. Now, it kills this momentum. Something chronic. They had it going. It, it, it this match was going at a nice clip until this this point, but. As if this wasn't bad enough, Alfred Hayes is more focused on the brilliant camera work while Gorilla Monsoon has clearly lost the will to live and just goes on naming the directors and the cameramen. It, it's absolutely atrocious. Thank God this match is almost over. Fans pop for the Hulk Hogan comeback. The referee goes down as the Warrior goes up the top twice. Hogan counters the shoulder block by driving the Warrior face first into the mat, but there's no referee to count because the ref has obviously gone down ultimate warrior then back up hits a naff back suplex but again no referee to count hogan pulls out a schoolboy roll up for a near fall warrior goes over the top for absolutely no reason other than other than to post hulk hogan outside and then the ultimate warrior hits the gorilla press on hogan a warrior splash but hogan hulks up as the fans lose their proverbial shit. Hogan hits the big boot, but misses the leg drop, and the Warrior levels in with the splash for the win and the WWF Championship. It was a very good end sequence to this match, and especially for its time when, when the Ultimate Warrior was only really known for doing short television matches and the odd longer match on pay-per-view, which usually wasn't very good unless he was in there with a a Rick Rude or or someone of that caliber. Sadly, the Ultimate Warrior reign as WWF champion wasn't great, and it would end at the 1991 Royal Rumble against Sergeant Slaughter. Now, you'll not want to watch this version twice with this commentary. Alfred Hayes ends this by calling Hulk Hogan a supreme Man, could you get any more British and sickening, says the Brit. So we're going to move on from this. Uh, like I said, watch the original. Pick up any Warrior, Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania, 
compilation and this will inevitably be on all of them just give this one a miss you do not need to listen to gorilla monsoon and lord alfred hayes talk for 22 minutes unfortunately they are also over our next match which is the ultimate warrior versus papa shango and this is from a, a dark match from a superstars taping in lexington kentucky on june the 1st 1992 now a lot of the dark matches from superstars or a wrestling challenge or even a primetime wrestling for years were used as coliseum home video exclusives and this is one i have to say that no one wanted to see thankfully it lasts around five and a half minutes and isn't long enough to be bad which is a plus obviously it begins with the ultimate warrior racing down the ring clotheslining papa shango over the top and then he does a bit more posing until shango pulls him out they do a little fight outside warrior rams papa shango into the steps and then they return to the ring shoulder blocks clotheslines slams by the warrior but shango counters the ultimate warrior splash with the knees and Papa Shango hits a, a decent enough flying clothesline. Warrior misses a splash in the corner. And Papa Shango then applies a nerve grip. And I shit you not, he goes into a trance that makes him look like A, he's either smoked something before this match, or B, he is getting the best blowjob from a Kentucky stripper that he could ever imagine his head and his eyes are rolling all over the fucking place it's comical to watch but in 1992 we ate this shit up ultimate warrior does his little hulking up and papa shango can't put him down shango tries the slams but misses the second rope elbow drop and the commentary tried to make us believe that shango has put a spell on himself to be impervious to pain this is where we were at with this feud in 1992. And of course, if you don't know the feud, then Papa Shango had targeted the Ultimate Warrior and attempted to put a curse on him. This had led to that famous incident and that famous scene on, I think it was WWF Superstars. It might have been Wrestling Challenge, but I'm, I'm sure it was Superstars in 1992 where the ultimate warrior just bled black blood all down his face for, for the modern fan think alexa bliss a few wrestlemanias ago when she was sat on top of that uh, that toy box when the fiend was wrestling randy orton but the, the warrior he had fits on the floor after matches and during interviews bleeding black from his hair which obviously was some pipes under a wig i think there's some footage if you go back and watch that and uh, you really have to look and possibly zoom in etc which is where youtube is brilliant but you can you, you can see very thin pipes just leaking black goo down the ultimate warrior's face not the best storyline in the world but i will put my case forward in the conclusion to this review um in a few matches time honestly because honestly this was like a, a four or five match compilation and only one of them were really watchable but i'll put my case forward as to why this should have been 
a compilation of the Ultimate Warrior versus Papa Shango feud. Because it wasn't all terrible. The matches they had were, were tripe, mostly. Uh, th this one, like I say, was five minutes. Not long enough to be bad. Unfortunately, too short to be of any quality. But the vignettes and, you know, the interviews and, and all the acting, that, that could have padded out a tape. But I'll save that for the end. So, the end to this match. Worry with the clotheslines. Splash for the win after just five minutes. This was, I believe, the blow-off for the feud, but needed to be longer for for an ending, really. A feud-ending collision. Very rushed, but like I say, not all that bad. They kept it moving respectably. That's the word I'm looking for. Next up is the Ultimate Warrior versus Skinner from the May the 2nd WWF Superstars. And thank God Vince McMahon takes over on comment commentary. Nearly couldn't say the word then. Did you spot the faux pas? Now, this was recorded on April the 8th, 1992. So it is in the timeline because these matches are all over the place. There's no chronological order at all for this. It is the Ultimate Warrior's first match back since WrestleMania 8. Now, this is soccer hair mum, Ultimate Warrior. Never looked right with it. Always looked really, really odd. And even though people went too far by saying Jim Helwig died in 1991 and it was Imposter Warrior, etc. There is definitely a case for saying that the, the Ultimate Warrior does look very different now skinner begins this match by spitting his tobacco in the ultimate warrior's eye and then pays for it by eating slams and punches warrior rams him into the buckle skinner spits the rest out as his head hits the top and then the warrior throws him out for no reason at all no posting no no uh steel stair shot just no reason whatsoever because they do absolutely nothing on the outside and five seconds later are back in the ring and then warrior with a huge shoulder block and pin skinner with the splash after a minute and a half again didn't have time to be bad but didn't have the time allocated to be good this is possibly the most watchable match on the entire compilation because it's a minute and a half it, it's a squash match. That is exactly what it is. It's a squash match on superstars. And the ultimate warrior comes out of this looking like a million dollars. But then he had to. This was his first match back since uh, rescuing Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 8. His first actual match since SummerSlam 1991. So he had to look indomitable. Next up, oh dear, this does not get any better whatsoever. The Ultimate Warrior versus Brian Nobbs. Now, this is from the May the 16th, 1992 WWF Superstars, recorded on April the 29th. And it's at this point in the release when you realise how lazy this compilation is. Not only is there no real structure to it, the match is are just thrown on willy-nilly 
There's no order or sense to them whatsoever. But it's here that you realise that apart from the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan, which opened the uh, the release, this is all of the Ultimate Warriors matches from April '92 until the the home video was put onto the shelves. Skinner, Brian Nobbs, Papa Shango, and then the the tag team match that we're going to end with shortly because we are almost at the end at the end of of this review. I, I know it's probably not even going to be an hour that you're listening to, but. Honestly, it's just that they could have include you. You're including stuff from 1990. Why not include stuff from 91? Why not include a match with Rick Rude at a SummerSlam just just to break up the monotony? You know, because people who bought this, 90% of them would have seen all of these matches just weeks before on Superstars. The majority of them would have owned the WrestleMania 6 VHS with a better version of Hogan versus the Warrior on it. A version that didn't include commentary that just dragged the arse out of a classic match. Hell, I'd I'd have even settled for some Ultimate Warrior house show matches with the likes of Papa Shango, with the likes of The Undertaker, even though a lot of them were absolutely rotten. I would have settled for that over over a release that just included stuff that I'd have seen on television weeks before weeks before purchasing. Just lazy, lazy bastards. Marty Applebaum, if this is you, then Jesus Christ, mate, you deserve to lose your job. But this could have been centred, like I said, around so many different points in the Ultimate Warrior's career, so many feuds that he had, but just it just wasn't. They just couldn't be bothered. They wanted a cheap $9.99 fix, basically. And they knew people would buy it, and people did buy it, and shame on you for buying it, and fucking shame on me for sitting and watching it this morning, because that's an hour of my life I am not going to get back. Now, this took place a week after the incident I mentioned earlier with Papa Shango putting the curse on the Ultimate Warrior and the the black blood coming from underneath a very very flattering wig. I mean, I I was looking for for another adjective for a wig there, but a lot of wigs look terrible on men, but they pulled it off with the Ultimate Warrior. They managed to find a wig that matched his soccer mum hair. Now, this match, Jesus Christ, this was bad. This was really, really bad. Warrior starts off well, charges the ring, double clotheslines the Nasty Boys twice, the last time over the top rope, but then gets double teamed on the outside, and Brian Nobbs rips a wristband off of the Ultimate Warrior. That is because, after several elbow drops, Papa Shango then comes down, Steals the wristband to do all his voodoo hexing shit. Warrior shoves Brian Nobbs' face into Sags's armpits. And I know the nasty boys and Brian Nobbs especially just disgusted Travis. Um, Brian Nobbs punches his way through this as well. 
there's no actual wrestling on show here. It's very, very loose-looking punches. You know, it, it's clotheslines and bumps that just look laughable in a way. Brian Nobbs was never a great wrestler. The Ultimate Warrior was never a great wrestler. And a classic pairing they did not make. Now, Jerry Sags is up, hits the Ultimate Warrior with a chair in the back, but the Warrior kicks out with a resultant pinfall attempt. Nobbs misses a corner splash. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior clothesline, shoulder block, splash for the win. He then posts Jimmy Hart and Jerry Sags head together. Weak effort. This was a really, really weak effort by, by both men. And there's no reason at all this should be on the tape when they had other things that they could have filled 59 or 56, however many minutes it was. It, it was a few minutes under an hour. Like I say, if you're struggling, then you delve into the Ultimate Warriors back catalogue. You could have put his Intercontinental Championship victory on here. You could have put, you could have put, before the WrestleMania match, you could have gave us 10 minutes of the Warrior and Hulk Hogan in the Royal Rumble 1990, where their rivalry really started and captured the imaginations of the, the wrestling world as it was. There's so much more you could have done with this. You could have given us history packages on the Papa Shango feud, on the Hulk Hogan feud. You could have shown us SummerSlam 1991. All right, I don't want to sit through that, but at least in highlight form. You could have given us that as a way to say, look, this is the last time we saw the Ultimate Warrior. Then spent a minute or two minutes making up something of where the Warrior had gone. He, he'd gone back to parts unknown to find his true self after SummerSlam 1991 and then could stand it no more watching his good friend Hulk Hogan be decimated and double teamed by the the fearsome forces of Papa Shango and Sid Vicious. You know, something like that. I've not even written that down, and it's ten times better than this release. There was no thought or imagination gone into it whatsoever. And even worse is it it showed. Some releases you can watch and think, look, at least they try to, to cover the flaws and accentuate the positives. But not this. This is just a handful of inane matches thrown onto a, a, a VHS tape and then put out to make some quick cash off of the Ultimate Warriors name. And you know what? If they made a lot of money off of this, then good for them. Yeah, more power to them. But Jesus Christ, if they made any more than 10 grand off of this, I would be absolutely shocked and disgusted. Now, the last match on this compilation tape is The Ultimate Warrior and The Undertaker versus Papa Shango and The Berserker. And this was a dark match Coliseum home video exclusive from the July the 20th, 1992 WWF Superstars taping. Not the Superstars episode itself, from the taping they did that night. And if you don't know, they would usually tape four, five, maybe even up to six or seven weeks television over the course of one night. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
that's hours and hours and hours of crowds sitting there, but it really wasn't. When you consider that most of these matches were squash matches, you know, Million Dollar Man would beat a jobber in a minute, IRS would beat a jobber in a minute and a half, etc. And there were four, three, four of these matches on, on, on each show, then the crowd wouldn't have been sat there for more than two, three hours, which is what a usual pay-per-view would have been anyway. Now, this match, dear God almighty, again, just, just the wrong choice of match, the absolute wrong choice to end this, this farce of a compilation. Ultimate Warrior and The Undertaker start with a stare down of each other, then turn on the Berserker and Papa Shango with big boots. The Undertaker versus the Berserker is pre predictably bad. They go outside for a sneeze. Undertaker rams Berserker into the steps. Ultimate Warrior then struggles to handle the bigger Berserker. Visibly, you can see him absolutely struggling here. The commentary which uh, consists of, I believe, Gorilla Monsoon. I don't think Lord Alfred Hayes is, is in this one, but definitely Gorilla Monsoon tries to cover why the Ultimate Warrior has lost muscle. And it's the best part of this, completely the best part. They say it's been good for him. Of course it's been good for him. No steroids, no HGH, less stress on the body, mate. Of course it's been fucking better for him. But as a match, this is just dreadful. The heels dominating the Ultimate Warrior is just dull and painful to watch. Ultimate Warrior is best, and I think Travis would agree with me, and anyone who who has ever seen the Ultimate Warrior, and I was an Ultimate Warrior fan. There were Hulkamaniacs, and then there were Warriors, and I was definitely in the camp of the Ultimate Warrior as a kid because I could see through the Hulk Hogan shtick early on. But even I knew, as an Ultimate Warrior fan, that he was best in small doses. And this isn't a small dose. This match goes nearly nine minutes with nothing happening. Undertaker hits an awkward chokeslam on the Berserker. And then the Ultimate Warrior does a double clothesline. Shoulder block on the Berserker. Splash for the win. Really, really shitty. And I can't state that enough. Now, that is the end of the release. Thank Christ. It was a five-match release. None of their matches really lasted over 10 minutes, with the exception of Warrior versus Hogan, which was 22 minutes. The first match was the best overall match, and it took up almost half this tape. That is how little they had to put in. It, it fair boggles the mind. But like I said earlier on, they missed a trick with this release. This should have been in chronological order for a start and centered around the feud with Papa Shango. Now, Papa Shango was sprinkled in in small doses. There was a match with him. He made an appearance during the Brian Nobbs match. And then obviously this tag team match at the end. WWF in 1992 had more than enough footage to fill the hour runtime had they centered this around the Ultimate Warrior versus Papa Shango. 
the segments cursing the Ultimate Warrior would have been far more entertaining than the Warrior versus Skinner. Or the, the tag team match that ended this fiasco of a tape. And even though none of the matches, except the tag team match here, last long enough to be bad, it's all squash with no real quality and some terrible commentary, which hampers the only worthwhile match on the release. So I, I think if you'd have staggered this in chronological order, give us a little bit of history of where the Ultimate Warrior went after SummerSlam 91, show him returning at WrestleMania 8, and then the feud with Papa Shango, all of the segments, all of the vignettes, don't leave any out, make this a complete hour story. And if you're still struggling for ideas at the end of it, then you've always got some of their house show matches they had. Not very good, admittedly, but at least they would have fitted in with the narrative and they would have fitted in with the story. More so than just throwing all of his matches from April to July onto a release and, you know, not in order and just hoping for the absolute best because it didn't work here. Because if you don't care about one to three minute matches, then this isn't for you. Like I say, you can get Warrior versus Hogan on a million other releases with proper commentary. And you can probably get a lot of the, the squash matches here. I, I do have, actually, um, in my vast collection, the both Ultimate Warrior box sets. I, I need to get them on, on Blu-ray, actually. But I have them on DVD. Now, I've not watched them yet because I've got I've got a bag and I'm not talking about a carrier bag. I'm talking about um, for people. I don't know whether you have them in in the USA. I've I've watched your programs um, from America. And every time you come out of a supermarket, it looks like you've got a paper bag. How are you meant to carry your fucking week shopping in that? Anyway, in the United Kingdom, we've got these big bags made out of some heavy plasticky material um they're about two foot high if not more and very wide and i've got one of them sat in my bedroom full of dvds uh some blu-rays that i've not watched yet 98 percent of them are wrestling box sets i i need to get round to them but i've just been very very busy lately say lately some of them are years old but i i buy them to, to put in the collection even though i've not watched some of them yet but the both ultimate warriors releases are there in that bag um so i i'm not sure i will get around to watching them but i'm not sure whether they're on those releases but i know the coliseum home video crew released another ultimate warrior vhs before this one so maybe we'll take a look at that at some point in the future, just out of curiosity to see if they loaded it with better material than they loaded this with. Because boy, oh boy, this was not good at all. So that's the end of this week's episode. Like I said, it was it was ad hoc. It was on the fly. I, I didn't plan it. I needed something quick 
to to give you good people some new material this week because I know how annoying it is just continuously tuning into your favorite podcast every week and seeing seeing shows that you might have already listened to or reruns or in our case archive episodes and we've got a lot of archive episodes to bring you over the the coming months and years but we don't want to shoot our load too quick so here it is hope you've enjoyed it because it's been a laugh and it it's been a laugh and do you know what when i sat down to watch it this morning and even though i didn't have a long time to to write notes etc it felt really weird after just a few weeks of you know giving you archive material of having to actually sit and make notes again it was really really weird so Next week, I will be back. Um, I don't think Travis will be back, but if we are, it'll be question time six before he pops off again to get married. And after that superstar series, we'll return. So thank you for all the, the positive feedback on the Razor Ramon one. We have had so many comments and questions and question time if we don't get to do it until November, um, apologies if we don't, because you've been great sending in your questions. We've got so many now. It, it it could be around 60, which will be 30 per part, because we are going to split the next question time in two parts, because you, you don't want to listen to a five-hour podcast. And plus, it gives us a little breathing room to really to really come up with something better for you, because we really want to hammer out the Superstar series when Travis gets back properly. Um, We've got Rick Martell on the way. We're going to do one on on Barry Windham. We're going to do one on Junkyard Dog, Flying Brian, Kerry Von Erich. Those all coming up, hopefully before Christmas. Superstar series is going to be the main feature on this channel going forward but like i say once travis returns properly after his wedding so all that good stuff to come i don't know what i'm going to do for you next week if it's not question time keep an eye on the podcast at union smack keep an eye on my twitter at bruiser and of course you can visit travis or at hus hogan Wish him the best for his upcoming wedding. Keep him entertained while he recovers from his his emergency dental surgery. I know what a bitch that can be. I have broken a tooth. Just eating the simplest things you could imagine. But for me, that is it for this week. Thank you once again. And follow us on Twitter at UnionSmack, at BruiseMate, at HussHogan. And you'll find the link tree in the at Union Smack bio for all the links to everywhere you can find us around the podcast world. Go to unionsmack.bigcartel.com for all your Hibiki TMD merchandise needs. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Rocky Buyer where you can celebrate five years of the Union Smack podcast by purchasing our new logo shirt and our new Union Smack revisited shirt, all designed by Rocky himself. Do hit him up at Rocky Buyer on Twitter if you need logos, if you need anything done, he is a living genius. And of course, go to lulu.com 
where you can buy copies of my books, The Undertaker, A Trip Down Death Valley, and NXT UK Year One. So until next week, my friends, where it'll be a surprise for both of us what's coming. I wish you health. I wish you luck. Have yourselves a great week. Love each other. Take care of each other. Cheerio, mates. <laughs>